Praise the Lord. You pray for me. 11 and 23. The scripture says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at what at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place. Now get over that. Believe that what he says will take place. Believe that what he says will take place. It will, didn't say maybe, shall be sometimes, but said it will be done for him, and that also applies to her, for him or her. Now, that scripture, when I first started in the ministry, troubled my mind, I can't tell you how much. Finally, one day, I, you're smarter than I am. But one day I just said, Lord, I don't understand this. And, and I'm just going to let it alone till you open it up to me. And I would read and go by that scripture. It never really sunk in, Brother White. But I couldn't get away from it the last couple of weeks. And so uh, uh, I want to share it with you. Uh, I may go back to Mother Glasses before this is over with. But uh, uh, I think we're going to do all right. Before I get started, though, I want my daughter to stand up here, Liz. I want you to know if I had, if I had ten daughters, I couldn't be more proud of them than I am of her. I don't tell her that enough. She's doing a great job, as you know, you that go to CR. You can sit down if you want to, if you don't, stand up. Uh, I understand they had 80, approximately 80 there Thursday night. 80. Now, look around us this morning. I said it was going to come a time, if we weren't careful, that CR was going to pass us. Or it was going to come right along with us and then pass us. Uh, it's a great service. I challenge some of you that haven't been there, even if you don't think you have a problem you need to work on, and some of us might not, I still got a few. I found out that it's like my sister-in-law told me a long time ago. Uh, she said, I'm just a recovering sinner, and I, I've come to find out that's the truth. Most of us are. We haven't got there yet. We're not perfect yet. But in, in CR, if you don't feel like that uh, you would fit into that class just because you're traditional Christians, I challenge you to come out one night and, you know, just stay through praise and worship. It's going to surprise you what goes on in that, in that service. I've seen some people get loose in there and 80% uh, of the house be clapping their hands or stomping their feet. And it wasn't just hype. The Lord was in the house. The Lord was in the house. And so I want to challenge you to come out and, and uh, be a part of that worship. Now, you don't have to go to the, to the class if you want to, but I've heard people say, I'm glad I went. I enjoyed being there. So uh, it's a good place to worship the Lord another night of the week, just in case you don't have anything really going on that night, okay? Praise the Lord. I want to speak to you this morning uh, uh, of the thought of that verse, Mark eleven twenty three. Now, I want to read it again to you because some of you have already forgot it from the New King James Version. 
Mark eleven twenty three said, Jesus said, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. I don't know if you realize it or not, but, but when I came to an altar, or you came to an altar, we got made a covenant with the Lord. We said, Lord, forgive me. And I don't know what you said, but I remember saying, Lord, forgive me for all the things I've done wrong and for the sin in my life, in my heart, even that that I've inherited. Lord, be my Lord and Savior and come into my heart and I'll follow you the best I can with all the ability I have. And he came into my heart. And I've been trying to follow him ever since. I made a covenant with God to, to walk the way that he called me to walk, to do what he called me to do. And, and every, every covenant or every contract somebody makes, uh, it used to when my dad was a... Uh, 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 my age and younger when he was living uh, he made a, his covenant a contract with a shake of the hand even before he became a Christian people knew him far and wa- wide because Clay phrase if he shook your hand you could call it a done deal it was going to happen if he had anything to do with it today's world with a contract or, or, or co- if you want to call it a covenant it's always on paper. And on paper, there's always the fine print. You have to watch out for it, Brother Wyatt. It's the fine print. And, and, and in that fine print, there's a clause. And you've got to abide by the clause or you break the contract and you suffer the consequences. Well, I got a hold of something over the last couple of weeks. In God's written word, that our contract comes out of with the Lord. You didn't know you was in a contract with the Lord, did you? When you get saved, you make a contract with the Lord. It's a voice contract, but he's already written it in there. And he said, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needed not be ashamed. In other words, you're not going to break the, you're not going to break the rules. Right there in that one verse I just read to you, there's a couple of clauses in there to you and I that signed on this covenant with the Lord. It's called the whoever clause and the whatever clause. Some of us wonder why we haven't been getting what we've been talking to God about. But you're not going to get something in a con- that's in the contract unless you abide by the contract. Right. And he says here, uh, and this is talking about when you've when you got a mountain in front of you. It's not talking about a mountain uh, uh, like uh, somebody would go out here and cut down on, uh, uh, in a place out here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Brother Reno tell me about a mountain he's cutting down down to him and his company to build a a, a housing project and a, a lack of shopping mall and stuff. And, and they're literally taking down a mountain, strip by strip, leveling out the valleys and making it a place to be, for, build houses and uh, stores in. This is talking about a different type of mountain. This is talking about situations and things that gets in front of you in your life and literally stops you from moving forward until you can find a way to move the mountain. 
and the mountain's bigger than you are. No way you can move it on your own. But Jesus gives you the, and the blueprints of how to do it. He puts in a couple of clauses here. Now listen and read it with me again if you've got your Bible. Jesus said, I say unto you, who? You, whosoever that claims him as Lord and Savior. What, whoever says, who? You and me. To this mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, and does not doubt. Doubt is the object of faith, and it's impossible to please God without faith. But there's some things you and I, have to, and I have to do in faith. He said, does not doubt in his heart, but believes he will have what? Whatsoever. Whatever I need to move the mountain, God's more than enough through Jesus Christ. And so that's a whoever clause and a whatsoever clause. Doesn't make any difference what the devil throws at you and I. If we'll go to the Lord with it and just believe what he says, it'll, be, it'll come to pass. I can't tell you how many times as a young Christian I read that scripture and didn't understand what it was saying. Now that sounds funny to some of you when you look at me, I'm sure, because you caught it the first time you read it. That's why that, that I say to people, uh, uh, get a Bible you can understand. The, uh, the King James I had, the new King James I like much better, but the, new, the King James I had... Uh, and my, uh, my understanding of English wasn't so good. I was trying to get along with English we have now and trying to drop back and, and uh, understand the, the king's English from way back when. It just some of the things didn't work for me. Uh, but I guess that the Lord just let me be blinded to that for a while. Everything in this Bible points to leading you and I, the spiritual man, to the place where God wants us to be because if the spiritual man or woman gets to where you need to be, then the body will follow along wherever the spirit goes. We need to realize that, that uh, God's talking to us, that he's not asked us to do anything that's impossible, and that he'll supply the need if we'll just have faith and trust in him. But it's something I found out also that faith by itself don't work. James called it dead faith. We need a faith that we can put legs on and do what it says. We have, to, we have to move about sometimes in a way that the Lord leads us, but we need to realize and claim what the Scripture Whoever, you and me, in whatever we have need of, if we'll just work in the pages of Scripture, it'll come to pass. Jesus didn't say if you go out there and look at this mountain and say be gone, it's going to be gone that instant. But he said he'd move. And he'll move in his time. And his time sometimes is according to how much I'm on my face before God and crying out to God. God does not work in double-minded people because one minute you're about to move God and another minute you lose. Why? Because you don't have faith. God works through faith and through actions from faith. A mountain is a primary obstacle that stands in your way. It could be anything. Here, here's something, get a hold of this. 
faced with obstacles. Most Christians pray to God, but we need to go a step further. Can you say amen to that? See, you can, you can pray to God about the mountain all you want to, but you got to believe, and then there's some things you got to do to go with it. We'll get there in a minute. Now, there's a time to discuss things with God and ask him for help. Matthew 9 and 28 through 30 tells us, the blind man came to Jesus, or the blind men, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith. If you didn't have the faith, you wasn't going to get it. The blind man had the faith. But Jesus went a step further. Jesus said, speak directly to the obstacle. Now, that's not for somebody that just got saved. You may not get a hold of that. So there's times that we need, we need to go to God. We need to talk to God. But there's times that we face things in life as Christians that we need to speak to it and tell it to get behind us or uh, whatever. You have that authority in Jesus Christ. Tell it to get out of the way, to move, to get behind you. See, there's times that I, I, as a pastor for years, I've had people come up, and I love to pray for people who want me to pray for them. But I've seen some come up, uh, when you prayed for them, it's like playing, praying for a chunk of wood. There was no action on the other person's part. Sometimes that's because people haven't been taught. It's a culture that they come out of. But according to God's Word, we have authority to speak to the problem when we live in right and, and, and need something from God. Instead of following Jesus' direction and speaking directly to the mountain, we just want somebody to pray for us. Have you ever been that way? Sure, we all have at one time or another. Are you talking to God this morning about your problems in life? Or are you speaking directly to the problem and telling him, it to be removed when it comes around. Matthew 17 and 20, the King James says, So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it'll move, and nothing will be impossible for you. If you have the faith of a mustard seed. Mustard seed is a little bitty thing. But you know the thing with the mustard seed is? If you plant it in the ground, as little as it is, there'll be a grow out of it, a plant. It's not wishy-washy. It's solid. And so if you have a need and you have a little faith and it's not mixed with doubt, if it's solid, God's going to move in that situation. Uh, I, you know, you don't have to have faith that that you're going to get a Cadillac next week uh, if you need some transportation. You don't have to have faith that, that you're going to get this big house downtown if you need a house. Just have faith in God that he's going to do what you need and don't worry about the consequence on the side. Focus on what the need is and have faith in God. According to Jesus, unbelief keeps us from speaking to our mountains. That's what he says. He said, if you have just a little bit of faith, that's all you need in the area that you're looking at. But keep it pure. Keep it straight. Don't doubt. Keep it toward the Lord what you need. 
and be full of it all the time. Don't flip back and forth. You know, I, I remember times in my life when I first got saved, and there's been some other times I've really battled. But it was easy when I first got saved for a few years that, that if it didn't happen right now for me, I, I felt like, well, God just wouldn't go answer it. And I would, all of a sudden, I would get all negative. And then all of a sudden, it was like a, it was like a, a, a you know, a roller coaster ride. I, uh, I would get a hold of something, give me more faith, and all of a sudden, I could climb the mountain, I'd think. And, and then all of a sudden, I'd go into a dive. You can't have faith like that and get anywhere. You've got to lean on the Lord. You've got to fight doubt in your life. You can't allow doubt to take over your faith where you're waiting on God to do something. If you want your mountain moved, you've got to keep on bombarding heaven and believing God is going to move even though you don't see anything moving yet. What is the mountain in your life? Have you ever thought about what the problem is in your life, the things that hold you back? What's holding you back? What stands in your way of your progress. What holds you back from going forward and, and fulfilling God's plan that you know is in your life that he's put there for him? Speak to the devil's forces around you to try to push you back. Tell them to get out of your affairs. Speak to doubt and fear and worry and tell them to be gone, to be removed, and don't stand in front of you anymore. See, you, you've really got to believe what you're talking about. Just coming to church and saying, pray for me, he won't get it. When thou attacks you at home, get in front of your mirror and look at yourself and say, wait a minute, we're not going to go here anymore. I've been bought by the blood. I've been paid for on the cross. And I'm going to live the life. I belong to the Lord. I'm going to trust God no matter what the storms look like in front of me. My answer's on the way. There's a promise coming down my dusty road. And I don't intend to let it get by. Speak to the things in your life that's been holding you back. People may have told you things uh, from a young person that, that you're never going to amount to this and you're never going to amount to that. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Don't believe it. When you're born again, uh, uh, God's no respect a person. I don't care what somebody says about you. You don't fit there anymore. That's the old person. Trust God. Look to God and believe God to move the mountain as you speak to it. Somebody said, well, Brother Ben, what do you mean speak to the mountain? That what's going on? Well, we need to mimic Christ. We need to act like he acted. We need to walk in the ways that he walked. And somebody would say to you real quick, like, well, that was the Lord. Well, let's just see about that in a few moments. That's so. Learn to speak to the mountains. And say in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this thing. Many people talk to their mountains, even evaluate their mountains, get together and discuss their mountains. Jesus didn't say we're supposed to do that. He didn't say anything about going around and calling this one and that one and the other and telling about all the mountains in front of you. First thing you know, they're going to start telling you about their mountains. You're going to have a mountain conference that's all uh, the devil's the only one's going to get glory out of it. If I'm going to go to somebody, if I got some mountain, mountains in front of me and 
There's some valleys and there's some cliffs to hang over. I don't want to go there and talk about that. I want to go there and tell people, well, it don't look like there's any way for me to get over it, but I know something else. I'm not walking in the natural way. I got a God that made the mountains, and he's going to help me climb over that mountain. I'm trusting him in this situation. I'm not going to hang out here. Jesus said, speak to me. Speak to sickness and speak to financial life and lack, rather, and speak to rebellion in your child and so on and so forth. Speak to those things in front of you that trouble your spirit and trouble your walk in God. Don't cower down to him. God called you not to be running from the devil, but to chase the devil. Some of us have been letting the devil be a headache to us, and we ought to be giving the devil a headache. We, we, need, we need to be those people in the, in the land that will really make the devil upset. Here's a good example. Uh, some of you are still wondering where I'm coming for this. You say, I've never heard a message like this before. Let me tell you something. When you get in the Bible and begin to read, that's why the devil don't want you to read your Bible. That's, this is why the devil wants you to stay so busy you don't have time to do any research work. But, but when you get to looking, you go all the way back over in the Bible and listen here. There was a man called Joshua. And Joshua got into a battle with the enemy. And it looked like that they was going to run out before the battle could be won and, and so he had a talk with God, and then he said in front of the people that there was there, and here's what he said, Son, stand still over Gideon, moon over Agilent. And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky, and the latest going down about a full day, the Bible says. Now I want you to know something. If Joshua can speak to the sun and the moon and stop where it is while the battle's going on, you and I surely can speak to the mountain in front of us and say, in the name of Jesus, stop what you're doing. I refuse to be put here. I'm in charge and not you. They would like for you and I to think, oh, we always got to go around and cry about this and cry about that and beg about this and beg about that when really we've already got all we need to handle the problems. You see, God's not going to do for you what he's already uh, given you authority to do. I remember a day of my father-in-law before, before I got converted. I call myself saved, but there's a lot of people call yourself saved sometime and you really hadn't got converted. What I mean by that is we were like Peter and a lot of the disciples. We were walking with the Lord, but we wouldn't walk in like the Lord. We had a, a different attitude. And when a person really gets saved, I'm going to tell you, you'll have a different attitude than you had before you got saved. You'll have a more forgiving heart than you had before you got saved. You'll be able to look at things different than you did before you got saved. And everything the devil throws at you won't accept you like it did before you got saved. And praise the Lord. I remember a day when I was at Marlowe's. Now, Marlowe's is my wife's dad. When I first met him, he was a backslidden preacher. He had been one of the best preachers not by what I said or he said, but by what the record said, for the Church of God of Prophecy before he backslid. Some things caused him to do that. But then as he worked his way back to the Lord, Marlow was, really, uh, uh, was really a great preacher and a great man of God. Oh, he had his faults, as we all do. 
but he, he could trust God like a little child can trust a mom and dad. I mean, uh, he didn't dare to go out there and try to legalize uh, it in his mind what God could do or what God couldn't do by what somebody said or what some organization taught. He looked at the thing and the situation and, and looked at the Bible, what the Bible said, and he dared to believe God. I'd come from Mississippi to California, and I was far from being saved or even walking with the Lord. Now, this one particular morning, he was working on a car. He had a little shop out behind his house, and he worked on cars uh, for, for a living. He had room for one car in the shop, and he had one car out of the shop, and the news said the storm was coming, and, and you could look at the clouds of weather, and, and that particular morning I was there, it was even sprinkling where we were. And to the west, it would just look like it was just the world was going to fall apart and water, the ocean going to fall on top of us. It looked like we'd have a cloudburst. You would expect it to be raining at any moment. And, and I said, Marlo, what you going to do? It's going to rain before you get through. He looked at me. He never even answered he just laid his stuff down. He walked away from the car toward the west. And as he walked to the west, he looked and raised up his hand. And he said something like this. Rain, you can rain anywhere you want to. But here, till I get through with this car. And then he stopped and he said, Lord, you know I need to get this done. The man needs his car and I can't work out here in the rain. And, and I looked at him. I said, you don't believe God's going to do that, do you? He, you know what he said? He gave me a quick answer. If I didn't, I wouldn't have said it. And he went right back to work. I stayed there. And I watched. And it sprang a little all around us. Till a minute that he turned the last bolt and closed the hood. And it poured down so hard then that we got damp before we got in on the shed. Now, you don't have to believe that. You can say it's coincidence if you want to. But I was there. It made a believer out of me. And if you had asked Marlo, I guarantee you he'd have told you that he believed it. See, because God's no respect to person. If God did that for Joshua, he'll do it for you and I. If he did that for Marlo, he'll do it for you and I. If he wrote it in a book and he said, uh, like he said over there, he had it done, there's no mistakes in the, the print of these books. Uh, and, and when he had it printed in there like that in 1123, he meant every word of it. The only thing is, God does not work in your doubt, in my doubt. God works in our faith when we believe. Here's what it takes. It takes faith. And it takes boldness and action sometime to move God. Marlowe had faith in boldness. And he put the boldness in words to God in front of an audience, an unbeliever, me. He dared to let people know me that he had trust God for that situation. And he was determined God used him to show me what he could do. 
Brother White, it's not a book of what God did yesterday. That same book applies today to you and I. But the problem is today we've never been to the place where we get out there and put it on a line and believe God, sink or swim. And that's real faith is when you can believe God, sink or swim. Because when I put it in God's hands, it's not my problem anymore. It's God to do or don't do. And God will never leave you hanging out there. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. God's excited. I lost my place. The Bible says, you can read it in your Bible, whatever one you have, it may read a little different, but I'm going to read it to you from three. It says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's the New King James. And when you drop it down then to the Living Bible, it says, what is faith? It is a confident, the confident assurance uh, uh, that something we want is going to happen. It is a certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it. It's up ahead. So if you've been looking for a blessing, keep looking down that dusty road that you've been walking for your life. It's on its way if God's put it in the book, if you'll trust him. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Have you been seeking him for the needs in your life? You need faith and boldness to speak the mountain in your life like everyone else. You know, we, can, we got choices. We can, we can ask God to do what he's already done, but if we'll do what he tells us to do, we'll see, the, we'll see it happen, what we need done. The blind man in Luke 8 and 41, uh, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want to see. He replied, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. See, nothing's hid from the Lord. But we need to trust the Lord. If we want from the Lord to do for us, we need to trust him for it. Disciples, the disciples with the Lord, they got into a boat. <laughs> I was in Israel some years ago, and uh, we went down to the Sea of Galilee where this supposedly had happened. But uh, Jesus got in the boat, and the disciples got in the boat with them, and they had no sooner got in the boat and got out of the ways until a furious storm came up. And Jesus had gone in the back of the boat and just laid down. A little bit, I guess he went off to sleep, according to Scripture. A little bit, somebody come and shook him. Master, Master, we're going to sink. And so he got up and rebuked the wind. Listen to this. He said to the waves, he didn't say, Father, 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 help me, help me. He said to the waves, he said, quiet, be still. And immediately a calm came upon the sea. Now here's some men that have been walking with the Lord. 
and they looked at one another. They've been with him. They've seen things happen. But they were terrified. And asked you, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You can say, well, Brother Ben, he was a son of God. No wonder the waves obeyed him. Some of us would really think that. For a long time, I just went over the top of everything, and I, I, that's some of the thoughts that went through my head. I couldn't do that. The Lord did it, but who else could do it? Well, he said, if you have faith, if you have faith and doubt not, you can see this mountain be moved, and it shall move. Who? Whoever. You and me. So a mountain shouldn't be any more to speak to than the storm to quiet and be still. But they say, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now then, catch this before you get to thinking Brother Ben's too far off. The Bible said he stripped himself of his God-like powers and became like you and me when he left heaven. So how did Jesus speak to the storm and the waves? He spoke in faith. He trusted God the Father. And you and I have to do the same thing if we want to be effective in speaking to the mountains in our life. We have to realize in the name of Jesus, we have authority to speak to those things that confront us. Jesus, I'll read to you again. The Bible said he stripped himself of his godlike powers. Godlike powers would speak and just say, be done. That was, I mean, like that. Faith requires that you put your faith uh, in the power that's above you. He didn't do it because he was God. He did it because of he knew who he was. And when we come to the place to know that we are sons and daughters of God, the Bible says we're joint heirs with him. And so because he paid the price on Calvary, we've been adopted into the family of God, made joint heirs with him. So uh, in Jesus' name, we can speak to the mountain and it'll have to be moved. Philippians 2 and 7 says, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in humble and human likeness, it says. That's where Jesus was. He had took on the nature of a servant. And a servant can only do what he's given authority to do. John three sixteen. I want to read it to you. When Jesus stood before the, tongue, uh, uh, the throne, let me back up here. I put John 3.16 down, uh, and I'm not going to go there. When Jesus stood before the, the tomb of Lazarus, he prayed. Realize, do you remember that? He went before the tomb of Lazarus, he prayed. And he went on from there. That, that, that prayer that he prayed in itself didn't raise Lazarus from the dead. 
when he spoke that prayer, go back and read it. Jesus had, uh, had to add a necessary part to that prayer in order for Lazarus to come forth. In John 11, in 43 it says, And now when he had said these things, talking about the prayer that he made before it, he cried with a loud voice. In other words, he spoke with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. And when Jesus spoke to the obstacle, Lazarus, come forth, after being dead for four days, he came forth. So praying's good, but there's times when we need to go a step further. We need to speak to the problem before us. We need to speak to the mountain that stands before us or the cliff that we're trying to climb up and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to overcome this. Be moved. I hope you got it. Now, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever, catch that again, the whosoever clause, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. All of you that accepted the Lord, you accepted that clause in the covenant with God. So why is it so hard? I don't understand why it's so hard to believe the other clause that we were reading about in the beginning. But we have a problem with things sometimes. Maybe it's our culture. Maybe we haven't been taught. Because certainly, anytime we find whosoever in the Word, we can just over that whosoever, we can write in there, me or you. And, and so when he said, when he taught that whosoever could speak the mountain, that means you and me. Whosoever can speak to demons, me and you, or to sickness. And, and then th when you get over here and you read about the other whosoever, the scripture with the whosoever, and I've got this morning, we start off with it. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, Jesus said, for assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those things he says. And that's a kicker. You've got to believe in what you say. There's many times we go to prayer, and we really don't believe what we're saying. We're just trying to fool ourselves. It's different than just saying something because somebody else said it. It's different than saying something if somebody's told you to do it. But when, it, you, when you begin to own that words that you're saying, you begin to put them into action, because, not because somebody tells you to or mom and daddy did or my pastor did, but because I really believe it myself, then it makes a big difference. Said and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things he says, believes those, he says, will come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. The whosoever clause again in the covenant with God. So if we believe one scripture where it says in John 3, 16, we have to believe the other scripture. And when you can get to where you can believe that other scripture, when you can take it to heart, you'll find out when the devil steps up. He'll be careful how he steps up in front of you to try to put you down. 
Because when you, when you really believe and you throw them scriptures at him, it's going to be like a boxer giving a right uppercut to his enemy. It's going to lay him out. But you have to be the one to do it. Or you'll continue to go through life, raising up a little ways and devil slapping you down. Raising up a little ways and the devil slapping you down. We got to get tired of getting slapped down and realize that I'm not just being praised and you're not just so and so. You're a child of God, the living God, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you have a right to tell the devil to get in his place, to let you alone, that you don't belong to him anymore. You sold out, you changed sides, and you serve a greater power than he ever dared to be. I challenge you this morning. I challenge you to keep on reaching to the Lord. I challenge you to let us pray for you this morning and agree with you that you can come to that place in God, that you can trust him in every situation in your life. I want the praise and worship to come back up here, whoever's going to work there. I want you to play something softly. I'm not going to tarry along this morning because I believe when the angel of the Lord troubled the water, it was time to come down. And jump in. If you're here this morning and you have a need, I want you to get up quickly from where you are. If everybody is standing, come. Then with those that have a need, come down here and let us pray for you quickly this morning. If, you, if God's been touching your heart this morning and you don't come down for prayer this morning, your mountain is pushing you back and holding you back. If you want to break free from the things that have been holding you back, then trust God to touch you this morning. Some of us here this morning, we've had trouble with things in life and we've tried to act like we're on top of the mountain when really we're on the cliff just holding on with our fingertips and, and we're just about out of wind to hold on. What we need to do is go and get some help, praise the Lord. Brother White.